Welcome to StarCast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. StarCast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Gaudet. Thank you, Amy, for that introduction. Welcome, everyone, to StarCast. I'm Christiana Gaudet, and with me today is Marion Kirk. Hi, Marion. How are you? Hi, Christiana. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I am very well, and I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Of course, you were one of our presenters at the first ever StarCon, so we're going to talk about who you are and what you presented and also what you enjoyed at StarCon. So let's start, though, with who you are in tarot. I mean, I'm sure you're a lot of different things, but talk to us about the work you do with tarot. Um, well, tarot is it's always been a part of my life like for as long as I can remember. Um, because I kind of joke that it's the like tarot and spirituality, it's like the kind of family business. Um, so it's so I've grew up reading tarot. Um and I'm a professional reader, um, full time just now. Um, hopefully for a while yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and I basically I teach. Um, I have got my mentoring students that I take through from complete novices to professional level. If they want to do that, you know, a lot of clients are met like students they just want to learn for the love of tarot um and as i say i did professionally i've spoke at starcon because you <laughs> yes. because you told me to and asked me ever so politely um yeah and so i've got a i've got a youtube channel that i i go on and like kind of mess about with but like kind of business wise i'm just enjoying the whole tarot experience thing Wow. So now I didn't know this about you. So you've been reading tarot your whole life. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, um, it started off with um, playing cards. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the first kind of physical memory that I've got, like maybe being kind of a five or six years old. And like my dad and one of my uncles, um, they started off teaching me um, five card draw poker. On a Sunday morning, as you do, <laughs> instead of going to church, exactly. No, don't do that. Um, and then I just kind of went. I just remember, like, um, either my dad and my uncle saying, "Like, oh, what, what, what are you getting? What do you see when you look at the cards?" And I was like, "Oh, well, hearts." And then I think it was like the the Jack of Diamonds or something. I was like, "Oh, he's shifty, Dad. I don't like him." And he was like, oh, do you know? And then, like, I just, it was just like such a normal thing, you know? It was like when when we said, like, oh, my imaginary friend said X, Y, and Z to me, you know, it was very much like, oh, and what does your imaginary friend look like? And you would say, oh, don't worry, that's your grandfather or that's your grandmother. You know, it was very much, you just, I just grew up in that environment. So, like, you kind know, of properly tarot was maybe kind of, 11, 12-ish time. Mm-hmm. So it was, I get my first proper deck. 
Wow. And so tarot mediumship, and of course, I, I know you do astrology as well. So this has mm -hmm. been part of you for your entire life. Yeah, I, um, it was my, I think my 10th birthday, my mum gave me my first astrology book. And um, our, our words were, read that, enjoy that, but stay away from Gemini's. No offence to any Gemini's watching, you know. <laughs> She's like, you're a Taurus. Keep away from them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, it's just so interesting. I, I know you're there in Scotland, and I don't know <laughs> how it is there. But here in the United States, there are a lot of people who grow up in households the exact opposite of what your yes. experience is, where there is a religious prohibition yes. against this kind of thing. And, and these poor kids are very psychic and they're having these experiences and they are shamed for them or they have to hide them or they're told it's not a real thing or it's a sinful mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I recognize because I've always admired you and just the way you work with spirit. Uh, but now I understand that part of that is what happens when you grow up being encouraged to do it rather than being shamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you can turn it like me a bit, a bit loopy <laughs> at times. But, you know. <laughs> so when we talk about your Starcon presentation, mm -hmm. uh, you did a really interesting topic. Can you tell us about your topic? Um, so my topic was composing your tarot soundtrack. And it was just basically working with music is like tarot and the metaphysical is like my first love, but very close to that is music. You know, I don't I don't um, play any instruments or anything. Um I sing badly when coming out of a bar when we could do the kind of things, you know, I'm no way near a professional singer or anything close to it. Um, but I absolutely love going to, going to see live music. And um, it's just something that, again, it's kind of a, throughout my life, you know, there's been like this musical soundtrack. And to combine the two, there was like a few standout examples, which I did speak about in my presentation. Um, that just kind of brought, you know, they kind of brought tarot, and it was it was almost like the temperance card, you know, like bringing like two separate entities and like just this kind of a moment of alchemy and just getting brought together. So for me, that's what it was, and I mean, it, by no means is it just like a new idea or a new concept. You know, it's like something that a lot of people come to, you know, very naturally because of the, I think how I view tarot is it's it's very much like a, it's a story. A deck of cards is like a, an unread novel or an unread picture book and you don't know what chapter or what story is going to be presented to you until you lay the cards out. And for me, music is very much the same thing. You don't know how, say, an artist, like your favourite artist, brings out a new album or something. You don't know how that's going to affect you until you hear it for the first time. You know, there might be some songs that you really love. There might be some songs you're a bit, mm, that need a couple of listens, you know, to, to really get it. But it was just one of the things that just worked really well for me. Mm. 
And it is true. There's there's a lot of crossover and connection between tarot and music in, in so mm-hmm. many different ways. Uh, so give me an example. Give me a what like a tarot card and a song that you might associate with that card. Right. Okay. So the the main the main kind of a one for me will always be the eight of cups. The eight of cups. The eight of cups will always be that card for me. And the song again, I spoke about this in the um, presentation. It's a song by a nineties British band called Cast, and this song is called Walk Away. And it's not just the title of the song, it's the actual lyrics. And it was that moment that when I first kind of made this kind of connection between that song and that card, I was literally doing a reading for myself, turned that card over, the radio was playing in the background, that song came on, and it was literally like, okay then so not only are the cards telling me you know this is what you should do but also like the radio is basically in tune with my deck of cards today um so that for me is like kind of the ultimate but there's other cards you know it's like um say for instance like the high priestess like i'm always going to think like fleetwood max rhiannon because you just you know if you're over or you're if you're a fanny Fleetwood Mac if you're a flat fanny Stevie Nicks then you're always going to associate some kind of card with that music if you're in this kind of world sure absolutely absolutely and you know it's an interesting thing I I I had um tickets once if I I got Free tickets to go see the medium John Edward. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. My mom's a huge fan. There you go. He was fun. <laughs> and uh, he was speaking in the beginning about how those who have passed on communicate with us through songs on the radio. And mm-hmm. we've all had that experience where you turn yeah. on the radio and you hear that song and you just know it's a sign it's a specific message from someone. Now, I worked in radio and mm-hmm. I know how songs get on the radio. I know how that really happens technically and mechanically and business wise. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with spiritual influence. No. And yet, and yet, I would have to agree that there are times when the synchronicity of the station you happen to turn to and what they happen to be playing at that particular time mm-hmm. really does seem to come from spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where the mundane is the mystical and the mystical is the mundane. And it's really hard to explain how that happens. But I, I think a lot of us agree that it does. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, it's the same as anything. It's like if you open yourself up to receiving signs or messages from whether you call it a higher power, your intuition, a person that's passed in spirit, you know, if you open yourself up to receiving a message, then it's going to appear. You know, if you just walk about like blinkered or blindfolded, like a bit like the two of swords, if you like, completely blindfolded, refusing to see anything out with, you know, what you know to be true, then you're not going to see anything. And like going back to how I was brought up, it's like we, we were we were encouraged, you know, to see things, you know, if it was like 
I don't know, like a kind of pattern, a seashells on the beach, you know, and it'd be like, oh, what do they look like to you? Oh, well, they look like X, Y, and Z. And then, like, you would start getting messages for people, you know, other people sitting sunbathing. True story. (laughs) (laughs) I was 10. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So I I love that. I, I love, you know, music is in itself such a sacred thing. And to find those messages within it, I, I think, can be so powerful. And, and even sometimes it's just the song that comes into your head. It's not even yes. what's on the radio. Uh-huh. And so if you have a tarot association with that, you uh-huh. know, you get the message of the music, but then you think about the card. Mm-hmm. But then I, I think what you're saying, too, is it's also true that as you're learning tarot, if you associate cards with songs, it makes it easier to learn the cards. Is that right? Yeah, yeah because it's I, I've found, like, personally, I'm speaking to other people, and um, I, I seem to attract musicians to my practice. They seem to find me to read the cards for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's delightful, you know, because I get free tickets to concerts. Remember when we could do that? <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I miss it. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, like, you know, I would maybe be backstage at like a few gigs and that, and they'd be like, oh, Marion, have you got your cards with you? And I'd be like, uh huh, have you got your wallet with you? And they'd be like, ah, of course. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'd be reading for them, you know, backstage, whatever. And I don't know, I think it's maybe just like being in that creative space. You know, creative people are tend to be much more open mm-hmm. to you know, the kind of metaphysical or what can't be seen because, like, like a band or, a, like, a singer, they can see the energy within a crowd. When they're performing to a crowd, you know, that collective energy that's just, you know, you you put so many fans in, like, a stadium or a concert hall, whatever, and they all love that band. Mm. You know, you can feel that. And, I mean, you've seen it, like, I mean, I'm not old enough, but, like, kind of a... Like watching Freddie Mercury back in the day, you know, the command he had on the stage of all those thousands and thousands of people. And even watching it like on like um reruns or like, you know, just like recorded like TV and that you can still feel that energy and the commanding presence that he had over the thousands of people. So it's it's such a powerful medium a eh, just expressing energy which is what (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is right so one pet peeve i have in Mm -hmm. in this whole regard because as you say this practice of you know let's find a song for each card of the major arcana or whatever Mm -hmm. you know that's something that we do we all do and it's lots of fun yeah i notice though that sometimes people will do it not so much with the meaning of the card but just if the name of the card is in the song title, then you're in. And I want to go deeper. And I think sometimes it's not about the word, you know, no. the the fool, for instance. Like, you know, there's so many songs that have the, the, the word fool in the title. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many can you think of? Fool on the hill, only fools rush in. What a fool am I? Uh, there's um was did George Michael not do one like kissing a fool or something? Was it mm-hmm. 
I think something like that. Something. Um, you know, it's it for me. It it doesn't work. Like sometimes it works for that. You know, because like the eight of cups, and then like they can have an absolute directness of the song. Walk away. Right. You know, right. but there's there's other songs that to me represent that card, like going back to like Fleetwood Mac, I'll try not, but um, the song Landslide, mm. if you've ever watched Stevie Nicks and Lindsay performing that live, I, do you know right. what I mean? It's, it is just the eight of cups for me, you know, there's that sorrow, you know, and even the line is that like, if you see my reflection in the snow-covered hills, and you look at the eight of cups and in the distance, the person's walking away towards hills, you know, so it's that deeper connection that we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's always my thing. I want people to go deeper, right? That's because you're a Scorpio. Uh, <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> so as um, as a presenter at StarCon, you know, StarCon mm-hmm. is an international conference, but especially in its first year, I would say primarily an American crowd. Yep. As you were looking at song examples, mm-hmm. like, did you try to choose songs for an American audience? I mean, obviously there's a difference uh, between what's been popular, where you are, what's popular here. Did you pay attention to that? Did you not? What do you think about that? That didn't. <laughs> yeah, good. good. I, uh, it was, I there wasn't a, um, there wasn't a conscious thought, you know, and it, for me, the presentation wasn't so much like me giving a list of cards mm-hmm. and a list of songs, you know, because that's very much what works for me. Right. So, so it was like more like kind of a just suggesting ideas and methods of using the genre of music right. with the tarot, you know, because I'm very much like find your own way. You know, because it's it's like, you know, reading books whilst it is absolutely essential in my opinion, you know, like reading and getting that grounding. But at the end of the day, if keywords, there's some certain keywords that always go back hard, you know, but no always in a reading as we know. Um, so it's like, I didn't want to influence anybody watching that. You know, so it was it was very much yeah, come and watch my presentation and listen to me speak, but I'm not gonna give you the answers. You'll need to do a bit of work yourself. Beautiful, beautiful. You I know <laughs> when I was a very formative year, when I was 15, I spent some time living in England mm-hmm. and I was really surprised at how different the popular music was at the time. And I I fell in love with a lot of what people were listening to in England. And then I was sad when I got back to the U.S. and no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but obviously, well, Fleet, Fleetwood Mac, of course, has, mm. is uh, international of international appeal, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are some of your favorite bands? Well, I'm, I'm very much... Um... Basically, uh, music-wise, I still live in the 90s because that was a really happy time before manufactured music really took over the world. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm like, kind of a, let's see, like, yeah, kind of Britpop bands like Oasis, Blur, you know, that kind of thing, you know, very kind of leaning into, like, kind of, like, 
the 60s, you know, like kind of Beatles, the Rolling Stones, that kind of thing. You know, I'm very kind of band oriented. I'm not really a fan like, you know, going and listening to just somebody singing like some ballads and that. And, nah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> where's the drums? Where's the bass? Where's the crazy lead stringer who's gone nuts at the front, you know? Um, but it's, that's just the kind of music that I enjoy. But I really, I've got a wide kind of taste in music. I'll pretty much listen to anything. But, you know, for for live music, there, there needs to be that, and you'll know that you'll know what I'm going to say because it's like you know when you're in the crowd <laughs> and you just feel you're not really listening to the music you feel it right right you know you feel it right in your soul almost I know that sounds a bit kind of but mm-hmm. you know you just you feel it right inside you and that's just the kind of music that makes me feel like that you know like so like a bit of rock like you know like the killers I absolutely adore the killers you know, I'm scared to go to Las Vegas in case I found Brandon Flowers and decided to try and marry him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so switching gears just a little bit, mm-hmm. you also had the opportunity to take some of the classes at StarCon. Was there one yep. that really stuck mm-hmm. out for you, one that you really enjoyed? Um, the one that I really, really enjoyed was um, Mary Greer's. Mm, yeah. It, you know, it's it's just it's it's to to be in her presence. You know, it's like she could probably sit and talk about shoeboxes or something. You still <laughs> like, you know, like just the wisdom and the graciousness there. You know, it's just I absolutely adored that class. Um, a couple of other ones, obviously Benabel. You know, mm-hmm. Benabel when mm-hmm. totally just like mind blown. You know, um. But Amy, Amy Mauser's presentation, I adored, I yep. adored that class so much. It was just like, and you're just sitting there and our voice is so relaxing and you're just like, oh, oh that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we were really blessed to have just a, a, an amazing group of people. And of course, for StarCon 2022, we will also have an amazing group of people and we hope that you'll return and present. We'll have some of our people from 2021 returning and mm-hmm. a whole slew of new people as well. So we're uh, very excited about that. I would uh, be but, delighted to join you. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, so tell me, what do you have going on? You've been working on an exciting writing project. Isn't that true? I have, yes, um, which is complete. Um, I was sought out and approached by a lovely creator, um, Rachel Jean, who is from Australia, and she has created her own tarot deck. And it's all black, it's all hand-drawn, she's hand-drawn everything, and it's black and white images, and it's called the Wandering Moon Tarot. Now, as we speak, um, it's just currently finished on Kickstarter, and it went to it funded it fully funded in 35 minutes wow wow uh-huh yeah wow and you're writing the guidebook and um, we have written the guidebook yeah um because she reached out to me because she originally she wasn't going to have a guidebook and um, she thought, well, people, there's enough like, tarot resources online, you know, there's loads of books. Um, because she, she said, like, you know, I'm very much like a tarot 
like no newbie, but you know, she she doesn't read professionally or anything, you know, she's like an artist, a creator. And um then people were like, No, we really want a guidebook and as part of the campaign, can we not get a guidebook? And then she reached out to me like via Instagram and she was like, Marion, how do you fancy like, like helping me write this guidebook? And I'm like Oh, okay. <laughs> I can I'll do that, no problem, I'll be fine. And um so we so she said, right, the timeline is we've got the whole of February, you know, it's not gonna be a huge big meaty thing, you know, it's just gonna cover like the cards upright reversed a wee bit about the card, you know, and what the design is. And I'm like, Oh, that's fine, you know, that'll be a couple of cards a day, you know. Um I was like, right, we'll start it as soon as StarCon finishes. You know, because like my, it was like a week or so before StarCon was happening. And I said, you know, this is, this is like my brain's not going to be in anything else. Just now I just, I need to prep for this. Um, and she was like, sure, no problem. So then it was like the day, it was a Monday after the Sunday. Oh my and gosh. Because, right into it. Yeah, I had, but it was like, because of obviously time difference, it's like Australia's 12 hours in front of us like in Scotland. So we could only speak like first thing in my morning, which was her night time, and vice versa at night time. So she said to me, Marion, the printers have got in touch with me and they need the guidebook for the end of January. <laughs> and oh I'm like, gosh. So you had like, a week? A week. You wrote a book? In a week, we we wrote a hundred and eighty page guidebook in a week. We worked on it. When I say twenty four seven, we did because it was like I did my day shift and Rachel did her day shift, but that was my night shift. So it was like continuously. Wow. You know, it was like because I'm like, when I was awake, I was writing. Then I would go to sleep. We would have like a quick catch up. You know, you see what you know what we were going forward in that, but we literally wrote it in a week, like less than a week, so it was like five days or something. Because yeah. we had to get it proofread because Rachel had somebody set up to proofread the book. And yeah. then we had to also get it formatted and everything and do that part as well, because it's an independent project, so we don't have like a big publishing house, you know, who have got a whole team of people doing these kinds of things. Um it was very much just yeah, but we've done it. Wow. You know, I think a good a, a good guidebook is really important. I firmly mm-hmm. believe that a deck should come with a guidebook. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, and I recognize that with mass market publications, a lot of them just come with a little white book, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But even those have gotten better in the yes. past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, it... it doesn't matter the idea that there's well there's so many terror resources out out there well yeah there are but we want to know what the artist was thinking yeah you know mm-hmm. we want to know why this is this way you know because mm-hmm. each card has so many facets yes what were you thinking and I, I I just I think it's really important. I'm really glad that she did not just leave off having the book. I, I mm-hmm. think it's important, and yeah. I'm so glad that you were there to help write it. Well, see, that was the thing. You know, it was like Rachel was like kind of off put because, as I say, she's such a creative, artistic person, and her medium is to draw. Mm-hmm. You know that that's her creative outlet. And I said, but this deck, it. It's, it's screaming for a guidebook because the images are completely different. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're completely different for the traditional that Waitsmith or any other system. So really, as a new reader, if you think about somebody just seen this who's never picked up a deck before, you know, you know, there, there needs to be something, you know, a jumping off point yeah. for that person, you know. So it's Rachel has done the kind of description of the card and her kind of thinking behind the card and the artwork the way it was. Um, I've kind of done a bit of the technical stuff, but again, it's it's very much kind of Rachel sent me over the images <clears throat> and how I how I've ended up writing it is really like. I said that I'm no like anonymous. Is that anonymous you call them? Would be you think the cars talk to you? Right, right. I'm I'm no, I don't prescribe to it. And I think if somebody does that, then that's great. But I looked at each card and I literally looked at the images. I printed them out from my paper, like my printer, and I just looked at these images and I'm like, right. And I found myself asking out loud, I'm like, right, what do you want to say? Right. What do you want to say? I asked these images, what do you want to say? And then all of a sudden it was just like my intuition kicked in, it was the cars kicked in and it was just like, right, okay, at some point I felt like there was smoke coming off my keyboard and I'm like, right, you're going to need to wish. You know, you're going to do And it was so weird because some cards, some cards wanted to talk much more than others. So it was like some cards literally wouldn't shut up. And other cards that was like pulling teeth, trying to get them to say something. So it was it was a very surreal experience, but it could have been lack of sleep, I don't know, but <laughs> we, we got it done. So But you bring up such an interesting point though around tarot animism. Where and you know, for those people who don't know, okay, so tarot animism is the idea that your deck on some level really is alive. That it has a spirit in some way. And then there's the other side, which is, I think, where you and I would typically fall is no, tarot is cardboard and archetypes and images, and we put the spirit into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to your point, we have both had experiences where you are working with the deck and communicating with the deck or with the cards in some way where it does feel like the cards have their own voice. Mm -hmm. And so for those of us who are not animists, the question then becomes, so what is that? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's where the animists say, well, that's why we're animists. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And I think the rest of us are left just kind of saying, well, there's an interesting process. But, you know, I'm just like, do you know what, if it was the deck, if it was the images, if it was a higher power, my higher self, some one of my guides just deciding to tell me what to write, right now, I'm just relieved that whatever it was, was there and gave me the words (laughs) and gave me the energy to get through that week. Right. Got it. Got it. Absolutely. So, Marion, if people would like to work with you, if they would yes. like to have a reading with you, if they'd like to study with you, how can they find you? Um, well, at the moment, I am basically on Instagram and YouTube, um, and I've got an email address. My website is in the works. Okay. Um, I have, I've kind of been dragged, kicking and screaming. You know, it's like, Marion, you need a website. 
Did I learn the website? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can I know just you know? Um. But yeah. So that's in the works. But um. I'm on Instagram at Marion K Taro. The same on YouTube. Um. If you want to like get a hold of me, just reach out. And then my email address is Marion K Taro at gmail dot com. Easy enough, Marion K Taro. That's like yeah. that's like your name now. You're you're Marion K Taro. <laughs> I've been called worse. It's fine. <laughs> Marion, I want to thank you so much for being a presenter at the first ever StarCon. And I want to thank you for spending some time here with me on StarCast, sharing your thoughts, your experiences. It is so great to get to know you. You are such a you are such an authentic tarotist. And I think that, you know, people who don't really know tarot or who aren't a part of this community. They have some really interesting ideas about who and what we are. And I want all of them to listen to this and and just hear you and hear your voice and just how genuine you are. And I I think that, you know, for those of us who are parents, I mean, it's too late for my kids. They're grown. But (laughs) people who are having children to recognize that if you raise your kids to hear the voice of spirit. They will. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Marion. We'll look forward to catching up with you again, and we'll look forward to seeing you at StarCon 2022. Thank you so much, Christiana. Thanks for joining us for StarCast. For more information about our annual conference, visit us online at StarCon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N dot com. We are looking forward to seeing you in January.